25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 wide sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yeah, let's do it. Of course, there ain't much football in today's show, I'll be honest with you. At least not from a uh, game-changing topic standpoint. You never know what might come up. Maybe this time of year we need to get a baseball intro. Regardless, this is uh, officially a Reaction Monday. Reaction Monday here on the show in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance in Mississippi. Local agents, hometown heroes in all 82 counties across the great state of Mississippi. That is Farm Bureau Insurance. You need to have your insurance, home, life, and auto with them if you don't already. Give them a shot. I don't hesitate to encourage you to do that. And just like most times, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> is that cocky? Is that cocky? Is that overconfident? Maybe so. Also, we stay connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire. Customer inspired. That's what they are. Now, um, a lot to get into, but today is going to have a little bit of a baseball feel. So let's go ahead and take it out to the ball game, shall we, to get things going. Now, for a lot of people around here listening, you know, don't look outside because it doesn't look like baseball weather. It's cool and cold in some cases and chilly. But I've got coffee here in the thermos, pouring it in the cup from High Point Roasters in New Albany. Highpointroasters.com The key here is to pour only enough coffee in my cup so that I can sip on it during the segment. And when I'm through, I haven't wasted a lot of that coffee by letting it get cold because I'm running my mouth the whole time. So there's a there's a there's a certain ratio I've got to figure out of talking and coffee. I've got to figure out this ratio. I'm going to work on that today. Today's a Reaction Monday. You had opening weekend of the college baseball season, and boy, did it ever go well. As you would expect in a state that makes college baseball such an emphasis. And, and I mean, the schools make it an emphasis because the fans make it an emphasis, and there's more support here pretty much than anywhere else, whether you're talking about per capita or not. So we're going to do that now. We're going to take phone calls. I'll get to your texts, and we're going to kind of recap the weekend. There's a lot to get to. You had a sweep in Starkville. You had a sweep in Hattiesburg. You had a huge, huge upset series win for Ole Miss at home against Louisville, number one in the country, number two in the country, depending on which poll you look at. So uh, it was good stuff all the way around. So before we completely jump in to – I want to make sure you know how to react, how to get your voice in, how to make your voice heard on this show. Lots of different ways to do that. Tweet me, at Radio Wyatt. That's Twitter. Easy. And then you can call me on the Divinity Equipment phone. 
Jay in Baltimore is going to start us off in just a bit. Uh, the Divinity phone is 995-1059. That's a 601 number. 995-1059. Divinity Equipment, Highway 51, Madison. Spring Ridge Road in Jackson. They have a spring stock out. Why? Because you're going to be mowing really soon. Trust me. A whole lot of it. <laughs> really soon. And they have a plan right now. It's it's the mow now, pay later plan where you get the mower, sign up, do what you need, go out and mow, use it, and you don't have to pay on the thing for five months. You don't make the first pay, payment for five months. So it's a heck of a deal. That's Divinity Equipment Madison. Again, call me 995-1059. Also, text me. Some people are already in there. Matt and others on the country pleasing text line. It is 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN. If you need the number, that's 885-3776. That's a 601 number to the country pleasing text line. Check out my new country pleasing hat. You know, this one has very much a Buffalo Bills look to it, doesn't it? It's like Buffalo Bills colors. It's got the gray mesh on the back and then the kind of the royal blue out front with the red country pleasing hog emblem right on the front. Doggone, it's a good looking hat. Yeah, it kind of has Buffalo. If that were the, you know, the the Buffalo, it, you'd think I was a Buffalo Bills fan. I'm not. I'm a country pleasing fan. Check it out there on the stream. Hey to everybody on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. All right, so reaction of the weekend. Let's jump in. we got plenty of time to do that, stats and all that kind of stuff. I was there in in uh, Starkville for games two and three on the call with Bart. I watched the first game of that, able to pick up and watch a little bit uh, and some highlights and stuff from the Ole Miss series. Did not see any of Southern Miss's sweep over Murray State, but I do have the full, you know, kind of back-end box scores, and we can go in-depth on the stats and all these schools use a program that allow us to kind of go in and see some of the more detailed statistics from these things other than just the plain old box score you get on their website so we can get into all of that. First up, though, on the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, Jay in Baltimore. I thought you might be first. Jay, what would you think? Well, lots to like about what we saw. You did a great job this morning on the Dog Pile podcast hitting all the major talking points. I'll make one comment. And one question for you. Um, I'll try to make a comment on something that didn't get a lot of attention. That's Cameron James on the defensive side of the ball. I think he basically uh, confirmed his role as the third baseman, the shortstop of the future. What a cannon uh, by that kid. Mm -hmm. um, but here's my question, and I know you're going to talk about this, but big weekend series coming up with Oregon State. We heard JT again hasn't really had the ideal lead up in regards to innings pitched. Um Saturday's going to be a lot warmer. Would you consider possibly pitching McLeod on Friday night and letting JT Ginn go on Saturday uh, this coming weekend? You know, I wouldn't just because it's so early. And, and you know, the thing is, Jay, I, I, I kind of feel like, um, you know, you could – I could always look back and say, well, boy, I should have considered that, you know um, – if you get later in the year and in some way you were needing one or two more wins over a quality opponent to make the difference in hosting or not, you know, cause you expect Oregon state obviously to, you know, be a good team and, and to really help your schedule and all that. I just think, you know, being that it's the second weekend of the year and everything you've been doing to this point is all about 
you know, JT one, McLeod two, that's, that's their work schedule, their bullpens, everything leading up to it. I, I just don't feel like I would switch it the second week, you know? Um, yeah. Oh, I know these guys are creatures of habit. You know, I guess yeah. I ask myself this though, what, you know, what determines a Friday night pitcher, right? I think it's two things. Best chance to win. I think right now McLeod probably does give you a better chance to win, but most just as important, who's more reliable at this moment and who can eat up the most innings. Mm -hmm. yeah. The one thing you don't want to do is go deep into that bullpen on Friday with a long weekend. But right. uh, it was a great weekend. Look forward to the show. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, appreciate the call, Jay. And here's the thing. You know, it's a little deceiving, I think, for some people, just because you think of what you've been used to in recent years, if you're a state fan, Dakota Hudson on Friday nights, Pilkington on Friday nights, and then Ethan Small last year on Friday nights. And he's like seven innings, shut everybody down, strike out 11 every time he goes out. And that's Friday nights. And, you know, this is a different thing. It's a different lead up. Again, is an entirely different situation. He's already turned down $3 million to come to college. So they come into this year going, we're going to put him on a pitch count. They said it basically publicly. I, that's They said it publicly. He's going to be in that 55 to 65 pitch range, and once he gets in there, we're, he's coming out of the game. Well, he went out, and he was at 58 pitches after three innings. That was it. And so you go, well, but it wasn't as clean. No, it wasn't because there were two walks in there, two walks in three innings. But outside of that, you go, well, he faced – JT again goes in there, he faced 13 batters, and he struck out four of them. His ball sinks, everything's running, moving down. Everything sinks and runs in and down. He had three ground ball outs. There was one fly out of the 13 batters that he faced. So a lot of it was par for the course. He gave up three hits. Well, one of them was an extra base hit. So, you know, it wasn't this dominant thing, but I honestly think when you tell a pitcher – Okay, you're on a pitch count. This is not a situation where we're trying to get 100 pitches and seven innings out of you. This isn't LSU on a Friday night. This is the season opener. We're going to put you on this pitch count, and you're going to just go do your thing. Well, naturally, there's I, I just I know you're starting the season, but you're not in the same mental um, preparedness either because you know once I hit 60 pitches, I'm out of here regardless of what happens. So I'm okay with everything that happened. And I think this weekend, probably, you, you probably see a few more pitches and a little bit of a different approach, maybe, uh, from Ginn when Oregon State comes in there. Next up on the Divinity phone, Chris, who is right now pedal to the metal between Florida and Alabama. What's up, Chris? What's up, man? I don't know if y'all could hear me laugh. I'm probably pretty sure you and Roger could, but I, I was hear. trying to beat Jay. I was trying to beat Jay in because I wanted to call him and call him and say, "Come on, Jay, we need to hear from you." But, um, I, I don't, I don't know that I was actually prepared to watch what I watched this weekend. I, I, I mean, superb, really. Some of the, the the recruiting aspect of what the moments of them did this past year is just absolutely amazing. I mean, I know Carlisle Kessler struggled, but that was a really good team compared to what I was. Hmm. and what we're really used to seeing from G5s. Yeah. And I really, I'm just head over heels happy with the bullpen, 
uh, Spencer Price and Riley Self. I mean, they answered every question I had, and I'm just I'm ready to go to Omaha. Yeah. I mean, that's just the honest truth. I think we, I think I think we're on the the trajectory, and I think I'm going to go on and say that I think we sweep this weekend. I mean, that may be may be ahead of ourselves, but. It doesn't look like we're going to get to play Tuesday either. Yeah, um, Samford's supposed to come in there to state for midweek tomorrow, and it it could be a monsoon. Well, uh, Chris, you know, a lot of people went into the weekend with a few question marks about pitching staff, like, okay, what about Sunday? Can Sarantola handle that? And what about who's first out of your pen and what's your depth look like there in your arms, righties, lefties? And... You know, I think what everybody did, Chris, is you came out of that weekend, and now nobody has any questions whatsoever about the talent uh, in their pitching staff. Exactly. It's just not about talent. Exactly. Um, and and then the other and thing, I, I'm not trying. I wouldn't dare come in here after one week and try to throw water on optimism at all, Chris. But I would tell you this: yeah. they they're Can't gonna they're gonna have to hit the ball better because. You know, you got a good bit. You did. You had a pretty good weekend from Rowdy Jordan in the one and you and uh, Westberg in the two. But we only saw Tanner Allen for one game. He was 0 for 4 in the first game, and he hit that ball off his knee and just took the next two days off. Okay. Foscue, because he didn't have Allen in front of him, didn't quite see as much um, in, when he was in a four hole. And. And that's okay. He still, you know, had a couple extra base hits and drove in some runs. And they're going to do their thing, I think, at the top. But there was a lot of offensive production this weekend, like you said, against a group of five from the bottom of the lineup and from newcomers and freshmen. Um, so Cameron James had five hits over the weekend, leads the team, five hits. I guess tied with Rowdy Jordan. He's your freshman third baseman. Tremendous looking prospect, no question about it. But here's the thing we know, Chris. In March and April against SEC teams, home and away, is a freshman third baseman going to lead you in hitting? Probably not. I, they're they're going to eat his like lunch. Some. Well, he looks like he can, and he's going to have his moments. But I'm just saying consistently every week, there are going to be times when SEC pitchers who are four years older than him are going to eat his lunch a little bit. You know, a little well, more. Let me ask you a question. All right. I want to ask you a question. When um, when Jake Mangum hit as a freshman, did we think that he was going to struggle? In yeah, there? I did. I sure I mean, did. Honestly, <laughs> I see, I see the cool, the colder side of the pillow on that kid. Just, I, I think that, I think that 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 James is going to be. Everybody keeps saying that Landon Jordan and every, you know, these other guys are going to get a chance. I think it's hard to going to be really hard to take that kid off. The oh uh, yeah, no, playing. no doubt about and it. I, yeah, I mean being being Keegan's little brother. And he's been around the program for four years. Mm-hmm. I think that he understands where he's at, and I really think that he is going to embrace it. And I, I honestly believe that before the year's over with, I may be wrong, but I think we're going to be seeing that kid move up the lineup. Yeah, because you know, if he keeps hitting the ball like that. Now, did you hear anything about what actually happened to Luke Hancock? Because I know I heard somebody say that he was hurt. Well, if he was, and, it slipped by me. I didn't have a single person come up to me and say that he was hurt. Um, and and again, I could have just missed it. Um, in terms of you know, it, it, to me, it seems like if there was something major, we would have heard about it. Um, what I well, know Joel is, said he was a little banged up. Well, who said that? Joel. Joel said he was a little banged yeah. up. And, well, and maybe he I was. mean, I, I'm not saying that. 
Yeah. I, I'll tell you this. Going into the year, I already had the impression after doing some interviews with Chris Lamonis, I already had the impression that uh, Hancock and uh, Tanner Logan, I'm sorry, Logan Tanner, the freshman catcher, were going to split time, and that you were yeah. definitely going to see you were definitely going to see Hancock on Fridays because he is JT Ginn's catcher. He's they've been you know he. They've been playing together since they were kiddies in travel ball. They know each other that well. Hey, don't have a wreck, Chris. Are you honking or are they honking? It's just people being impatient. Oh, I ain't worried okay, about okay. It. All right. I get it all the time. Well, as as long as you're okay with it, I'm okay. All right. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm good. So so I guess what I'm saying is it didn't surprise me one bit to see Logan Tanner run out there and catch McLeod and start the game on Saturday. I already kind of expected that. And then when Logan Tanner, he'd already thrown a guy out when he came in that game back on Friday from his knees. Then he goes three for four with a double and a line drive home run on Saturday. Then I wasn't surprised at all to see him run back out there on Sunday. So maybe Hancock's banged up, but it just seems to me if there was something really serious, then we would have heard something else about it. I didn't hear. So hopefully what if he is banged up, hopefully it's just minor. Well, y'all have a great day. I'm going to let somebody else call. And y'all all right. We'll talk to y'all later. All See right. ya. See ya. Appreciate it, Chris. And He's on I-10. How big a hurry are these folks in? I mean, somebody really gave him the business with that horn now. I'm sure there was a probably a love sign passed back. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's what that was. You're number one. <laughs> <laughs> all all right. right. Uh, over here on the Country Pleasing text line, Country Pleasing Sausage, it's the best stuff. They make it right here in Mississippi, in Florence. You can actually go and see where it is. They have a butcher shop out in front of the plant, too, right there in Florence on Highway 49. Look in grocery stores throughout the southeast for that country-pleasing brand. It'll have this little red hog on it right there. And, buddy, it's the real deal. They don't put parts and stuff in their sausage. It's made up of hand-picked hams, bacon, pork loin. That's what it's made of. Roger, I opened a package this morning of a flavor that I had been given called maple. Oh, I saw that on your Facebook page. You can ask the homecoming queen. She, I start, you know, cooking. Smells it. pretty good, huh? She walks downstairs and goes, what are you cooking? I said, it's sausage. She said, no, it's not. What is it? <laughs> I said, it's sausage. Come over here. I love here. the trust in your relationship. <laughs> she said, it smells like syrup. It smells like, I th- she said, I thought you were like eating pancakes or something. I said, you say that. The name of this sausage is maple. I, I'm telling you, I've never smelled anything quite like it. It is anyway, it's fantastic. So if you get a chance to get a hold of some of the maple country pleasing sausage, you need to do that. Country pleasing text, 885 ESPN. Matt says, State baseball this weekend had me feeling like Justin Wilson. How y'all are? <laughs> I'm glad uh he said, I'm glad for you to see me. I guarantee. Look, uh, it was a good weekend. Now these Real quick here, a couple thoughts of mine. Wright State is a good program. They are well coached. Yes, they challenge every year in their league, the Horizon League. They're picked second this year in the Horizon League. Um, They have been in the NCAA tournament a bunch in the field of 64 out of that league. Uh, It was it. What did they? They won their league last year or won their league tournament, something like that. It's a little different. It's competitive, but. Let's be real here. There is a no was a noticeable gap from Wright State to Mississippi State 
across the board in terms of just size and speed and talent and bats and athletes and fielding. I mean, they had four errors in the first game. Pitching. I mean, the velocity and stuff. You, the the velocity and the arms that State ran out there on the mound is in, on one end of the spectrum, and right State's on the other. Okay, so let's. So in terms of opponent, State did exactly what they should do against a right State, and that sweep them. Okay, and that's not a knock on them at all. It just means more. This means a little more, but. So let's put that in perspective. But State did do a lot of really good things, and they were consistent. They didn't kick it around. And and we haven't even talked about Sarantola yet. And there's so much to get into on that. And so plenty of time to do it. But yes, Matt, I think for the first weekend, with the question marks that some State fans, diehards, had about the team, many of those question marks, I think, are now just gone away. And it's strictly about, hey, did we put it all together this weekend or not? Because, you know, if your freshman third baseman does continue to hit and your freshman catcher does continue to hit and throw people out, you know, and and McLeod and Sarantola do continue to hit pound the strike zone with their stuff, you're going to have some good weekends. What they showed you this weekend with State is it's not a matter of can they beat everybody on their schedule. It's just simply a matter of do they beat everybody on the schedule. Now, what about Ole Miss? One of the toughest challenges on their schedule already happened this weekend, and they handled it really well. And I'll let you hear what it sounded like on the radio as well. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, hit me up on the country, please, and text line. 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number. 885-ESPN. Call me on the Divinity phone. 995-1059. Call me. We'll put your name in there. I'd love to hear your voice today here on this Reaction Monday. I had a big weekend of college baseball. It is underway. We are officially now within the 2020 college baseball season. All right. Uh, a text or two here. Nick on the country pleasing text said, Lamonis is doing JT right. Talking about JT again. By protecting his arm with the pitch count. Kid is a first rounder and it's the first weekend. No need to stretch him out until the postseason. That's from Nick on the country pleasing text. And that's true because it's a different situation. It's not your normal situation. There is an element of you got to do everything you have to do as a coaching staff to do right by him. He turned down multiples of millions of dollars to come and play for you. He just want to make sure everything's hunky-dory. Really. And so they're approaching this like he's, they are treating him 
like he is a part of a rotation in a major league clubhouse. That's how they're treating JT Ginn. It's unusual for a lot of college fans, a lot of us. We haven't seen this. I guess every major league baseball team right now, their pitchers and catchers have reported, right? I looked at that list last week. I think they all have reported by now. You know, and that's what they do. Pitchers, catchers report first in uh, Major League Spring Training in Florida and uh, Arizona. And then the rest of the team comes out and you begin spring training. And then pretty soon you start watching spring training games and all that. Some do. I used to because I'd get so excited. But in recent years, I've decided, man, forget that. Not watching any more spring training games. They're all big piles of in terms of... And I just want to—I want to see it on opening day when it matters. And so I've kind of gravitated towards that. Let's see. Is there anybody still held out? No. Every major league team, all their pitchers and catchers have already reported, and that's what they're doing. They're going through workouts right now. Yesterday and today, and uh, a few tomorrow, is when all the other players on all major league teams are reporting for spring training in Florida and Arizona. What does that mean? What I'm telling you is, JT Ginn is supposed to be in spring training right now as a first-round draft pick with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Well, Matt, he might not be called up. I get it. I get it. I'm just making a point. Two years ago, they drafted him with their first pick. Theoretically, he ought to be there right now with pitchers and catchers and the L.A. Dodgers, wherever they have their spring training, which is what? Probably out in Arizona. So there's a little bit of an element of Chris Lamonis and Scott Foxhall at State. They're kind of treating him the way you would if you got a pitcher who's in spring training in the bigs. we got him on pitch count right now. We're going to warm him up and warm him up. And the hope would be that once we get into the stretch of the SEC season in March and the weather's warm and everything's good, <clears throat> now we got him to where he can easily just go out there and throw 85, 90 pitches without much trouble whatsoever and just show off his stuff. And maybe you beat somebody. Maybe they hit him, whatever. But we're not we're – not, saddled up with that whip going, wow, wow, smacking him on the rear end like driving that racehorse around the track every week. And it's understandable because he's not your typical college pitcher. He's just not. The situation is different. So, and I think we all pretty much understand that. Anthony on the country pleasing text said, so is Luke Hancock hurt or did he lose a starting job to Logan Tanner? I don't think anybody's won or lost any jobs yet. It's too early for that. Anthony. Now, again, whether or not Luke Hancock is hurt, I hadn't heard. I don't have that detail. I didn't I didn't hear that. True Maroon on the country pleasing text says we swept a decent team, and this man talking about Omaha and sweeping Oregon State. Calm down, dude. <laughs> Excitement abounds this time of year, and there's nothing wrong with that. Casper uh, was telling me there's some shoulder soreness there for Luke, which you just never know. Uh, that's it. Take it easy. It's kind of like Tanner Allen. He's your right fielder, your starting right fielder. And uh, in the Friday game, he fouled one off the inside of his knee. I guess his right knee is a left-handed hitter. Hurt, got bruised, got stiff. And uh, if you were playing LSU, he would have started in right field on Saturday and then again on Sunday and everything would be fine. But you're not playing LSU. You're playing right state, so he rested it. They put ice on it, rest it, make sure you get it healed up so you can have him ready to go full speed for Oregon State coming up this weekend. 
Hey, here's what it sounded like on the radio for State fans. If you didn't get to hear it, this is Jim Ellis on the Mississippi State Baseball Radio Network. These highlights, courtesy of Learfield IMG College. 3-1 pitch. Little looper. Will it drop? Got a chance, and it does. And it will score a pair. Runner goes to third, another to second. A top fly that got in the right place and dropped. Strike three called inside corner. Anglin didn't think so. Strikeout number eight for the left-hander Christian McLeod. He's had a pretty auspicious debut. Eric Sarantola trying to get out of the inning, and here it comes. And he got him on another good hard slider. There's a ball, a little fly ball. Got a chance to drop in there for a base hit. And that is going to score a pair and a big hit by Cameron James once again. Those highlights from Learfield IMG. Jim Ellis calling Mississippi State's win Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, hey to everybody watching the stream on Facebook right now. Facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Chad said that McLeod, Christian McLeod on Saturday, had a better outing than JT again, and McLeod needs to be the Friday starter. Chad said, we're going to hear this all year now if McLeod continues to play as good as he did on Saturday. And I thought it myself, but it's the first weekend. But apparently others saw it too. What you saw was just a guy who's completely ready to go, uh, forced to sit out last year with an illness that really set him back. He's over it. I don't know the details on that. I've wondered. But big lefty throwing gas with his fastball, four-seamer that just stays up in people's eyes and they're missing it underneath, and then a big breaking ball that he was controlling and hitting every spot with his changeup, totally had him off balance, 11 strikeouts. He re- It was an outing. It was an Ethan Small type of outing. From the way it looked to the results to even the pitch selection and how he throws that stuff as a lefty. It's very similar to that. And you're right, we'll probably hear more of it as the year goes on, but, you know, the Los Angeles Dodgers think JT Ginn's one of the best pitchers in America. He's one of the best pitchers in America. We're going to try him out there on Friday nights and roll with it. And I'm okay with it. <laughs> Braun said the freshman bats had a great weekend. This is on Facebook as well. Braun said, I hope it continues, but as the season goes, some of these pitchers are going to learn what to throw and what to not throw. Logan Tanner proved himself as a very viable player on defense and at the plate. It is great to see freshmen producing. It is. But you're right. Scouting reports will grow on what's good, what's bad, how to approach guys like Logan Tanner, the freshman catcher, like um, uh, Cameron um, James, the third baseman. That, those scouting reports grow. Pitchers will do a better job. And and all freshmen hit times when they struggle a little bit. Earlier today when Chris called, he used the example of Jake Mangum. He said, well, didn't you think Jake was going to struggle his freshman year? And I did. But – Jake's the all-time hits leader in the SEC. He's a different cat. (laughs) Okay? And Jake may or may not ever play in the major leagues. We don't know. But I know this. Brent Rooker's going to play in the major leagues real soon. One of the best home run hitters we've seen in the SEC in the last 10 to 15 years. And his, his early years, there were times where he really struggled. They had his number. Now, by the time he was a junior, they didn't. But you get the point. All right, what about Ole Miss taking two from Louisville in Oxford? We'll hear what that sounded like next coming up and discuss them as well. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
And we're back. In the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Dorothy on Facebook says, hey, Matt, listening in Phoebe, Mississippi. A couple things about that. Well, three things. Number one, have you ever been to Phoebe? Number two, it's not spelled in such a way as you would think you'd pronounce it Phoebe. It's actually sort of spelled Phoeba. <laughs> P-H-E-B-A. But you pronounce it Phoebe. Yeah, it's along uh, Highway 389 outside of Starkville. North of Starkville on Highway 389, like you're headed up towards Houston. And you'll cross a railroad track right there, right at Phoebe. I know right where it is. Been through there a bunch. Mm-hmm. So hey to everybody listening in Phoebe. Is that Chickasaw County or is it Octibaha County? Which county is it? I'm trying to think. I bet that's Chickasaw. Anyway. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to uh, call me, I'd love to hear your voice today on the Divinity Equipment phone, 995-1059. Text me on the Country Pleasing text line, 885-ESPN. On the uh, Country Pleasing text, Jay, who called earlier, text back and said, I do feel, despite all the data points we saw from Sarantola, Four innings, eight strikeouts, three walks, only two hits. We still didn't learn anything new. We already confirmed he has serious stuff, meaning good, you know, pitches, good things that he can do. But he struggles with control. We were one hit with the bases loaded from having a very different conversation today. And the ball was hitting the uh, – that situation was pounded. Yes, just hit it right to the second baseman, right? Just line drive right to a guy. So it could have gone either way on him, but – you know, at times, again, you know, like he had a three-strikeout inning. He came back and just showed you when he controls it, he hits every spot, he's untouchable. It's just a matter of hitting the spots. And if you don't, you walk people, you make a mistake, you get behind, and you come over the plate, and bang, now you got base runners. And that's just, you know, the margin in big-time college baseball is so slim. George on the country pleasing text said, LSU starters – uh, only pitched four innings or 70 pitches this weekend, all of them. That's the way it is. And and they didn't even sweep somebody. They played Indiana, a good program, and took two out of three. LSU lost a game, one of the few SEC teams that dropped one this weekend. All right, Casper says, let's talk Ole Miss and Baker the Tater Maker. <laughs> Bombs. Man, did they ever more have one doozy of a ball game yesterday. Now, let's see. I don't I haven't even looked at the box score from yesterday. Here are some of the highlights from that game yesterday. Now, this is not radio. I couldn't get a hold of the radio calls from yesterday. This is some of the uh, broadcast that was actually on the SEC Plus. What it sounded like and you're going to hear there were a couple of huge hits in the ball game from young Bianco, Mike's son who's playing for Louisville. Right on cue, he's not going to retire. Levi Usher, a leadoff solo shot. Cardinals lead it 2-0 here in the top of the fifth inning. There as well. Bianco trying to answer with a shot of his own. This one out into the deep part of center field and over the wall it goes. Louisville back-to-back -back jacks, including the Rebels head coach's son, Ben Bianco. Servideo, big pop in this ball towards right field and into the student section. 
One of the leaders on this Rebel team, Anthony Servideo, makes it a one-run ball game with a two-run shot here in the bottom half of the fifth inning. Bianco looking to punch this one out to the outfield and does. Not a great jump from Usher at second, but he's going to come home and score without an issue. Round ball to short. Servideo fields it deep in the hole, throws it away. Elko feels that one off the wall, throws to Dunhurst. Bianco gets in there to make it a one-run game. Runner goes again. A chance for a strike mount, throw him out. Down to second, tagged it out. Hayden Dunhurst flashing that arm for the final out of the game. And Ole Miss takes down Louisville for a second time this weekend. They'll get the series against the Cardinals, the team that finished third in the country a year ago. And so Ole Miss took two out of three. That was the winner yesterday to preserve a one-run win, 7-6. Louisville a little flurry there in the top of the ninth with two runs, but they needed one more to tie it and try to get it into extras. They had the runner on first base, and you heard that, a strikeout throwout. Dunhurst behind the plate for Ole Miss. From his knees, throws out the potential tying run in the ninth inning at second base on a strikeout throwout, effectively double play. Huge celebration. They... Uh, shortstop, I may be the second baseman for Ole Miss who made the tag. He throws the ball and slams it down in the dirt. And uh, there was a huge celebration there because it was a heck of a way to win a game, finish one off against uh, the number one team in the country, Louisville, coming in and uh, take two out of three in the series. So yesterday's game, you did hear, though, it was pretty cool. Bianco, Ben Bianco playing for Louisville in his hometown against his dad's team was two for four, a couple of RBIs, including that home run. He was part of back-to-back home runs. His other hit was a double, so both of his hits yesterday were uh, extra base hits. That was a serious clincher. But kind of what got him going was that Saturday game, the text on the Country Pleasing text line mentions um, a big, huge day for Baker. He had two home runs for Ole Miss. He was four for four in the game. With two home runs and a double and four RBIs, scored two runs himself. Uh, so a big day for him. You also had, um, wait a minute, did I say, no, that was Graham. Baker had one, no, he had two home runs. Okay, Baker had two home runs. That's it. The other guy to homer for Ole Miss was Elko. I was getting the days mixed up. Servideo had the home run yesterday. You heard that in, in a part of their win. But back into the series, I mean, Louisville won the first game. And uh, then Ole Miss was able to take the next two. So what they effectively did is put everybody on notice. I told you here on the show, and right now it's one weekend of the year. I'm not reaching over here patting myself on the back, but it's obvious. You watch them pitch. You watch Nikhazy pitch, even though they didn't win on Friday. You, you know, a newcomer in Baker and these guys swinging the bats the way they do. Elko with a home run this weekend. Servideo making things happen. Keenan, he is what he is. Y'all know he's good. And you know, they had respect for all these other teams, but for Ole Miss, they just had them squeezed in the top 25. And you just had a feeling, man, year 20 and with what they have coming back, they're going to be a little better. Um, so much was made about the former number one recruiting class they had that uh, Kessinger at shortstop and those guys were a part of. Well, they're sitting there with a number two recruiting class on this team. So they're just going to be better than 25th in the country. And they already are showing you that one weekend of the year. They just kind of put everybody on notice. So around the SEC, you had in the West, everybody swept. Auburn, Arkansas, AM, Alabama, Mississippi State all swept, didn't lose. Auburn won four games. They played four, but three game sweeps for the others. LSU, two out of three from Indiana. Ole Miss, two out of three from Louisville. In the East of the SEC, uh, four teams swept Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee all swept. Tennessee put up huge offensive numbers this weekend, and they're 3 0. 
Missouri was uh, they took two out of three from Jacksonville State, uh, a good uh, FCS program. I say FCS, that's football. We're talking, you know, non-power five. Vandy dropped two games. Vanderbilt. Uh, they had a win over UConn. They were playing one of these round robin deals, but they lost a one-run game playing in a spring training venue out in Arizona. Uh, they lost a one-run game to Michigan and then lost a one-run game yesterday to Cal Poly. So Vandy went 1-2 and two on the weekend. And Kentucky played TCU, did not pick up a win. Kentucky 0-3, the only SEC team to uh, not pick up a win in the opening weekend. So that's kind of what happened. Southern Miss, excuse me, Southern Miss took two um, – no, they swept. I'm sorry. Southern Miss swept Murray State this weekend. You want to look at scores, uh, game one, it was a six-zip shutout. Game two, a one-run game, three to two over Murray State, and then yesterday, uh, game three, another one-run game, high-scoring, eight to seven. But Southern Miss got the sweep, and you know that's one of those deals where really, you you wouldn't say. I mean, it's not, it, it's not a knock on somebody like Murray State or whatever, but you wouldn't say you expected anything else but Southern Miss at home starting the year against a team like Murray State. To sweep them. Now, it's baseball. It's hard to go out and expect sweeps and things like that. But uh, you just kind of ex- – you didn't expect Southern Miss to lose a game to Murray State, and they don't. Uh, an 8-7 win. It's close. An 8-7 win. Fisher had the big day for them. Their DH had four hits in yesterday's ball game. Um, that shutout uh, was a confidence builder for Southern Miss. You look back to that game on uh, Friday night. They had a big crowd, too, by the way. Southern Miss, even though it was cold, they had a big crowd Friday and Saturday. Um, so it was Shepard, their Friday starter, six and two thirds. He faced 22 batters and struck out seven, gave up one hit. (laughs) He was really dominant. 77 pitches for Southern Miss and 54 of those were strikes. And he just was on cruise control. Really? Um, they could not touch him a one hit ball game, uh, for Shepard, uh, veteran closer comes in two and a third. And, uh, he had a couple of walks, but they didn't hit him at all and struck out four. So just a dominant win really got them started. And Southern Miss can be a good team in Conference USA again this year, which they always are. Um, so that's kind of what happened. Baseball underway. You know, and again, as much rain as we have had, not just for weeks and days, I'm talking months leading up to it, everybody around here in, in Starkville and in Oxford and in Hattiesburg, really fortunate that we got a break from it. For two or three days. Now, yesterday it was cloudy around, but you know, Friday the sun popped out. It was still cold. Saturday was very nice, and the sun was out. And you avoided rain yesterday on the first three days without consecutive three days without rain. And I don't know how long. And it's like the good Lord said, "You know what? Here you go, Mississippi. You you need this." Whether baseball had anything to do with it or not, I don't know. I just know we got it. Thank goodness. Hour two coming up. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.